millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi. Can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. For Carrie Sweeney, all things books and reading are infused into her everyday life. She believes that reading is not a competition. It's about simply finding a book that speaks to you and reading it. As a library trustee, she has the opportunity to use her voice as a passionate library advocate on behalf of the members of her community, sharing her deep-seated love of libraries and their broad-reaching impact. Here is my conversation with Carrie. Hello, Carrie. Hi. It's so nice to meet you and have you here today. Thanks for being with me. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure. I wanted to start by explaining how I found you because I don't know that I've even told you this. Okay. You just get emails from random strangers all the time. Yes, I would love it's to. Fine. It's fantastic. <laughs> so I, through my friend Angela, introduced me to Stephanie Howell mm-hmm. and the Bloom Where You're Planted Facebook group for reading. And I just think it's the most delightful corner of the internet. It so is. she is someone that I also have such respect for. She's so transparent. She's kind. She is just everything that social media can be for me. And seeing about her family and their deployments and all the things they've gone through, I just find such honor in their lives. So I've enjoyed following along with her. Mm -hmm. So I read a book and I had to give a review for the book and I wasn't a huge fan of it. So I reached out to her and I said, I didn't like this book what what do you normally do? And she pointed to you and said, mm-hmm. you need to reach out to my friend Carrie because she's fantastic at at the way she talks about books and, you know, staying positive because it is, it's years of someone's life and it might be right for someone else, all these things that we know. So that's how I found you on Instagram at what Carrie reads. And since then I've just been such a fan of your account and you do such a nice job of highlighting books, but it really feels like you. And so I've loved it. So that is how I found you. Well, thank you. That's always my goal is to be genuine and transparent and kind of stick to my own rules and kind of do what I want in that space, which can sometimes be a challenge. Along the lines of challenging is when you're trying to talk about a book that maybe wasn't your favorite book. But what I always try to remember, I think there is a tactful honest way to talk about books that may not have been for me, but might be for someone else. And so if I can find a way to still say, still stay genuine to my overall thoughts, but then perhaps highlight the things that might be of interest to someone else, that is always 
a goal of mine because not every book's going to be for every reader because how boring would that be if we all were like, that was fantastic. There's nothing <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> right. We all so, loved it. No discussion. So topic I appreciate here. that. Well, you do a tremendous job of it. So you. you are achieving your goal. And Good. so I want to know just some basics about you for my friends. We'll start with the fact that you live in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then I recently discovered that there you call the school bus the cheese wagon, which was the favorite thing that I had heard whatever week that, that was. That like stirred up such a unique conversation because my husband, who's also lived in Wisconsin since, I don't know, he was in third grade. He had never heard that before. And are you and from I, Wisconsin? I'm originally from Minnesota, but then okay. that even stirred up conversation with my Minnesotans, my Minnesota <laughs> friends that are like, we didn't call that the cheese wagon. So I don't know, maybe I just, I mean, some people did come back and say, yes, I've heard that. Some people from New York, Massachusetts, some of the Eastern states also called it either the cheese wagon or like the cheese mobile or something like that. But I was just... I'm like, did I make this up? Did I dream this? You know, like that little corner of your mind where is my memory playing a trick on me and this is not an actual thing that you remember from your childhood, but it's turned a very interesting conversation. So it's a lot of fun. I love that game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were born in Minnesota mm-hmm. and you've yep. lived in Wisconsin for how long? Over half my life at this point. So I grew up in Minnesota, I went to college at a state school in Wisconsin and just stayed. So I've been here more than half of my life at this point, but home is still three hours away. So it's, it's not, it's not too far, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm here for the duration. So (laughs) that's, it's it's not bad. Well, that means that you've accustomed or grown accustomed to the weather, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about this today as I was getting ready and California is, I mean, we'll be dead soon because of the drought, but at least we will be warm and vitamin D soaked on the way down. Mm -hmm. But every time I will get out and I'm originally from Colorado, so I'll go outside and think, oh, it's a little cold. And I think I've become (laughs) the biggest baby. I would never survive in the Midwest anymore. No, but I think that that's pretty common. I mean, I have friends that have have migrated south from growing up in the Midwest and they acclimated very quickly to their new surroundings. And I think it's easy to quickly forget how brutally cold, you know, 20 below feels when you don't feel it anymore. So you're not alone. That's very sweet of you to say, Julie, you're not a huge baby. There are other babies out there too. (laughs) (laughs) So just tell me about you. You are married. You were mentioning you have children. How old are I'm, they? I'm married. I have four kids, four no more. We'd like to say as I knock on wood, <laughs> they, we just finished birthday season. We have birthdays kind of from September through January. So everyone just turned a year older, including myself. So they are nine, 12, 14, and 16. So three girls and a boy is our birth order. So yeah, they're fun. They're fun ages. I mean, every age is kind of fun, but we just got our first driver in the house this week. And that is like super game changer. I, oh. I'm not going to lie. I'm like two days in. I'm already like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I am so jealous. We are it's, almost it's there and I'm already sort of lining out the things that mm-hmm. I'm going to make him do when he can yeah, drive. It's yeah. going to be so great. It's not bad. Yes. Oh, well, congratulations. But also that many birthdays, September to January, Mm -hmm. plus the holidays. Yeah. That sounds like a gauntlet. Yeah. That's why we're excited when it's done. So (laughs) now we don't have another one until July. So it's just like, I can lay back and not have to worry about anything. You can get more reading done. I can get lots reading done. I love it. I wanted to ask you about Bookstagram because Mm -hmm. up until Probably nine months ago, I didn't know that Bookstagram was a thing. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people don't. Give me a summary of what you think 
it is. Is that a weird question? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's not a weird question. I think it can be whatever you want it to be. Okay. So a lot of, a lot of accounts really love book stacks and book lists and doing their favorite five, you know, their five favorite insert genre books. Yes. Uh, a lot of people will use it as like how I use it. I use it as I started using it as a way to track my own reading, just to keep track of what I read in kind of a, a pretty format. And it's, it's kind of morphed a little bit um, from that original kind of goal. But for the most part, I use it to share thoughts and feelings about the books that I read. I think I'm a little bit of a unicorn in the sense that if you do see a book on my feed, it means that I've read it. A lot of times you'll see books just kind of featured gorgeous layouts, gorgeous. Yes. And they're really pretty to look at, but they may not have really any additional information about the book, which is totally fine. I like looking at pretty things too. But for me, my feed is pretty much a record of what I've read and my thoughts and feelings about, about that book. It's helped my reading life, which is interesting because, because I do read and review every book that I read, yeah. I put on my feed. I'm not selective about it. It has helped me become a better reader in the sense that I know, I know what I like. It's helped direct me toward the books that I want to spend time on. So I'm not spending so much time getting books from the library that are not a good fit for me. So it's kind of helped curate my reading life a little bit. That's a really good point that you make because I think we often use that term, right? We want to be mm -hmm. a better reader, but mm -hmm. what does that actually mean? And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense where it really is, if we want reading to be a joyful part of our lives mm -hmm. and something that's life-giving, then we need to know what we like. Mm -hmm. And in Bookstagram, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the hype. Yes. Um, where you'll see a lot of you know popular books and you think, oh, I, I totally need to read that. But because I've spent that time reflecting on what works for me as a reader, I know that I can appreciate that book for someone else, but not necessarily for me. And that has really helped, you know, I'm reading more four and five star books than two and three star books because I'm taking that time to reflect and kind of understand and accept the fact that that's great. That's an awesome bestseller for someone else to read. And that's okay. Um, yes. That's okay. So that's kind of how I use, I use Bookstream. And it, I will say the pleasant side effect to that is that the more I engage on that platform, mm -hmm. I have people that will reach out who have gotten to know me, even if it's through the reviews and how I talk about the books I like, that they'll reach out and say, you know, I think you'd really like this book. And I love that because I'm always looking for something new. And I had a friend recently that said, I think you should read this because it has X, Y, and Z. And I know you like X, Y, and Z. And she was right. I read it. I loved it. And I would not have probably picked it up had I not had that nudge. So that part of the community of, of Bookstagram, I really appreciate. Yes. You get to explore things a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And good for you because that says a lot to what you're sharing and that yep. somebody can identify, oh, I know <laughs> right. who would like this. The random yep. person on the internet that the I really love. The random person on the internet, yeah. exactly. But it, and that's not to say, though, I love, at least for me as I've dipped my toe into some of that, the, the connections you build are real, the good ones, right? There's they a are. lot they of are. joy and friendship to be had there if you're thoughtful about where you're engaging. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So you had on your feed 
Speaking of, you know, the good sides, you yeah. on your feed, you had reading is not a competition. Tell me mm-hmm. about that and how that evolved for you, because as a person who can pretty much turn anything into a competition, mm-hmm. mostly with myself, I was like, oh, this, this speaks to me. I think it's, I think that it's, well, it was in my nature to get, to compare, okay. you know, and you hear, you hear, you know, it sounds cliche, but comparison is the thief of joy. And yes. I always try to keep that in my mind, the sense that there's always going to be someone who, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say book famous, but there's always going to be someone who reads more books than you or differently than you or only reads, you know, a certain genre. And it's just, I think it's really easy for voracious readers. I mean, we're all voracious readers on Bookstagram for the most part. It's a part of our daily life. And it's easy to get wrapped up in the stuff that really doesn't matter. I don't care if somebody reads, you know, a hundred books a year or 10 books a year, as long as they were taking that time to spend time, you know, to find a book that resonated with them and that they found joy in. And so it's easy or feeling like ashamed isn't the right word, but feeling like, well, I don't read a ton of highbrow literary fiction, so I must not be a reader. And that's not true either. So it's really easy to feel like you have to perform a certain way or read a certain way in order to to validate being a reader. And that's just ridiculous. Pick up a book. I don't care if it's a graphic novel, an audiobook, an ebook, you know, a bodice ripper, a highbrow national book award winner. I'm always just read something. Just, just read just, something. Just read something. And then kind of take a moment to see why or why that didn't work for you. And then pick something else up based on what you learned from the last one that you read. So that's just, yeah, it's not a competitive sport. No one's keeping score. You don't get Pizza Hut personal pan pizzas anymore for, you know, tracking all your, all your stars in your summer reading guide. Although I would totally take the personal pan Uh, pizza. I miss Um, the personal pan pizza. You are bringing back that memory big time. So just, you know, just have fun with it. It's, it's, it's not a competition and the only person really keeping score is yourself. So unless you enjoy that, that motivates you. Great. (laughs) Great. Then go ahead. Then go ahead. But if not, no one, yeah, no one's keeping score. Yeah. You're right. It's a really good point because there are a lot of accounts that, I mean, people are tearing through books and Mm -hmm. to your point though, Mm -hmm. not all of those may have been read or even fully invested in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're just seeing a part of it. So it's that reminder of, okay, this is what's real, which is my life. And I want to read these books and that's what I'm going to do. Because I agree. There is a lot of pressure also around the types of books. I remember someone Mm -hmm. asking me if I counted audiobooks like toward my goal. And I said, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's reading. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but I love what you're saying because I tell the kids at my school that no reading is ever wasted. Right. Because if you're paying attention, then you are becoming a better reader. So I love it. Absolutely. I think we're aligned. Yes. And I'm a voracious, I'm a very fast reader. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like how many, a lot. How many books do you read a week? Oh, I read like probably 12 to 15 a month. So I read 230 last year, which is a crazy amount of books. Wow. So that's also where that reading is not a competition comes in because I have to use that for myself to not feel the need to justify how I could possibly read that much. Sure. Right. So it's like, like, and that's my natural tendency is to justify and say, well, but my kids aren't toddlers anymore. And and I listen to audiobooks when I do the laundry and I get up early to read and Yes. Like, I feel like I have to justify that, but I don't like I read fast and, and that's okay. I could probably stand to read fewer books, but I don't want to. 
this is this is what's working for me. But once again, it's my little hashtag readings on a competition. Definitely, I use that for myself to resist the urge to qualify that number, mm-hmm. I guess. That is so fascinating. That's mm-hmm. even a sort of self-break on what you're saying of, yeah, justifying or qualifying mm-hmm. it or saying somehow to share this thing that you really enjoy and mm-hmm. are tremendously good at, yeah. but to, oh, well, you know, I there are all these reasons as opposed to, yeah, yeah. this is my thing. And yeah. I am, I'm still vulnerable about it. It's still very much a tender, like anytime I share that, yeah, I'm always a little, I have to take a deep breath before I hit post. So that there you have it. That, that, that's, that's me thank <laughs> in, you for, in a nutshell. <laughs> thank you for sharing that though, because I think that makes a ton of sense because I think there's also this, you know, the stories we tell ourselves are so outlandish, mm-hmm. right? So you look on Instagram and you see someone's account and within seconds, you have a whole narrative about Mm -hmm. what their life is like and Mm -hmm. why it's either superior or inferior to yours. And all of that has to do with, if I'm doing that, all of that has to do with me, not that person. But knowing that that exists is, yeah, that can be kind of that darker side. So The darker side of Bookstagram. Yes. (laughs) That's going to be the title of this episode. I think that will really draw people in. (laughs) Right? They might. (laughs) They might. Mm, I'm excited. I want to talk about, thank you for sharing that, first of all. I really appreciate that. Tell me, do you get advanced reader copies? I do, but I'm picky about it. Okay. And I think that that goes back to what I was saying. The more I'm learning about what I want to read, I am pretty selective about what I request. Got it. Because I don't want to, if I know it's not something that I would reserve at the library or buy on my own, chances are I'm not going to request an early copy of it. I would request an early copy because I'm generally interested in the the title or I've read something previous by that author and I want to read it so that I could help potentially positively review that and help drive some pre-order sales. Yes. But I'm pretty selective now about what I do. I do request. That's I think that's right. I mean, yeah, no, that makes total sense because it's been really interesting for me to get into the world a little bit and see some of the, some of the accounts. I mean, it's like advanced reader copies for days Mm -hmm. and stacks and stacks. And you know, those aren't all getting read, but Mm -hmm. also you're right. That's where kind of that piece comes in of, oh, I should request this because it's going to be a bestseller or because of whatever reasons, as opposed to this is something I'm going to enjoy. What are the genres that you like best? I like historical fiction. Okay. I read a lot of romance that was pandemic induced and it's just stuck around. Um, I really needed that happy ever after during the beginning of the pandemic. Indeed. I like uplit, that kind of subgenre of uplit, which is like Eleanor Oliphant and Heavy Drake starts over, Amanda Uva. Yes. Eudora Honeyset, some of those type of type of books where it's, I love those books. Yes. Have you read How Not to Die Alone? Yes. I loved that one too. Okay, yeah. continue. Yeah, so I love all of those, that genre. And I read my fair share of literary fiction. Um, I typically need to intersperse those in with some lighter reads mm-hmm. just so that I can appreciate them. And I need just to kind of be in a different mind space so that I can really focus on what I'm reading um, when I pick those titles up. But yeah, um, that's some memoirs every now and then. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, those are uh, those are excellent categories. Yes. I approve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't read a ton of fantasy or sci-fi. 
I probably read one book in each of those genres a year. But when I do, I like them. So I don't know why I don't read more of them. But so many books, so little time. The amount at which, or the speed at which they come out sometimes mm-hmm. is shocking yes. to me. I just think, how yes. do you keep up? You don't. It's, no, you don't. You no. just have to accept. Even with 230 <laughs> books a year, you right? feel behind too. So that's actually yeah, making me feel I great. Do. <laughs> I do. This is great like news. I'm staring at a stack of books going, but I want to read them all right now, but I can't. <laughs> My confession is that I have actually purchased some books that I will have on my shelf for so long, and then I have to apologize to the books and -hmm. give them to someone else, where I just say, you were really wonderful on my shelf. Thank you for coming, and now you have to go because I waited too long, and we won't ever tell my husband that, but that is a thing that happens. I just did that actually with some books and I apologized and I put them, I have, we, I'm a steward for a little free library at our house. And yes. said, you are, you are going to the little free library and hopefully one of our neighbors will <laughs> decide that you are lovely enough to take home because yeah, I mean, they taunt me. Like, just, <laughs> and I, at, one, at some point you're like, I am not going to read this. Like That's I purchased so this true. five years ago and <laughs> yes. I thought it was exactly what I wanted. And now five years, no. No, we have to to break up with books. Yes. 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 So important to break up. What I wanted to ask you about also was your role in your local library, because that was something that I had seen about you. So tell me how you got involved with that and what you do with that piece. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns, but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yes. So I have been on my library board for about four years, but about five years ago, I had a local friend reach out and said, tell tell me that the library was looking for some new trustees and thought maybe I would be interested in applying, which I was. (laughs) And so I kind of applied and I work, I'm on the count is a county library. So you're actually appointed by the county administrator. And at the time, he said, there's just been so many great applications, but you know, we'll keep you in mind. And so I would email him every four months <laughs> after that. I feel hey, rem- 
bothered by this on your yeah. behalf. Okay, yeah. continue. You're so, emailing so every I, four so months. I said, so I said, remember, I'm still interested. And remember, I'm still interested. And then finally, like a year later, he's like, oh, there's an opening now. So I went and kind of had just a conversation with the library director, learned a little bit more about what was involved with being a trustee, and then joined the board about four years ago. So it's been a fantastic experience. I also kind of represent my county board on the library system board um, okay, as, as well. So our county library, we have our main branch plus nine additional branches. Mm-hmm. And then the, the system that we're part of serves seven counties in Wisconsin and 25 different libraries. So it's just, it's, it's, it's just so interesting to learn how different libraries are and how they, they're just like the cornerstone of communities. You know, and so it's, yes. I mean, I always knew they were more than just books, but the programming they do for everyone from birth to 99, just career planning and meeting room space, it's just so much more than books. And so I've just really, really enjoyed serving as a trustee. I got to be on a committee discussing banned books a couple of oh, years ago, and that was really, really dumb. interesting. So yeah, it's just, it's, I'm a library nerd because I read so much. I could not read as as many books as I do without the library. There's just not enough room in my budget to possibly do that. So I am eternally grateful for having access to the in, in multiple formats. Yes. Right? I mean it's ebooks and hardcovers and audiobooks and yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it without the library. So I've just really it's been a great experience. What's your favorite thing about serving? So do you have monthly meetings? How does that look practically? Yep. So we have a monthly meeting for my local library. And then we have quarterly every six year or six, six meetings a year, I guess, for the library system. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite, favorite part is just, I mean, we very much have, you know, it's more governance. We don't get involved in the day-to-day operations yes. with the library. We, we trust the employees to work day-to-day and do the best that they can to serve our patrons and our community. Yes. What I've enjoyed is when there are big topics that come up, like things like we need to discuss changing the hours of operation for all of the branches because X, Y, Z, you know, staffing is thin. Sometimes there's only one staff person. How do we talk about safety? Can we do this? So that is consistent across, you know, all the branches. Yeah. Or if we're talking about trying to take a look at unifying checkout um, policies for duration of how long you can have out each type item. So those types of nitty gritty things and looking at the reasons behind all of those, those changes, it's just, it's fascinating to me to do that. And then I get kind of geeked out when I look at like the circulation numbers from month, from month yes, to month. Yes. And I'm wondering why was that much month so much higher than that month? Or like, you know, I'm just kind of hypothesizing why yeah. something is, why it is. So do you think you'd ever want to be a librarian? I don't know. I could be a bookstore owner. Okay. I don't know if I could be a librarian. I probably could be a librarian. I mean, you probably could, but I probably you would could. prefer you lean more toward Kathleen Kelly vibes. I think I lean more toward Kathleen Kelly vibes. <laughs> I think I do. But no, I just, yeah, libraries are just, they're the best. And then when I travel, yes. I, if I can, I try to sneak in visits to, to local libraries. I think I mentioned to you, like the Austin Public Library in Austin, Texas is just it's outstanding. It's, it's beautiful. But then I also like stumbling across like little small local libraries too. They really are so singular. And I think Mm -hmm. what you're saying makes so much sense and is so 
apt that each each library is there to serve its patrons mm-hmm. and the patrons are so different in every area. And so all of that kind of rolls into this sort of personality that every library is going to have. And a lot depends on the librarian and how they're yep. choosing to build the collection and what they want for programming. So you're right. They're endlessly individual, but also it's it's not just the books. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, they really do. And I don't know how they do it so well because they really do reflect the communities that they represent from the building itself to, like you said, the collections they have, the programming, just like the general vibe. Yes. Of, you know, when you walk in the door is very reflective of, of the communities that they serve. And I think that's just, an indic- you know, it's indicative of the fact that librarians and library staff are, they do so much more and have their finger on a pulse far beyond what the current bestseller is or how to help you find a research article in, a, in one of their databases. They really are in tune with, with what their patrons are in need of and giving them access to that information. So yes, they're the best. Yeah, we love them. Thanks, mm-hmm. librarians. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. They are too, you said the word, but they're tuned in mm-hmm. and that sort of, they're attentive, I think mm-hmm. also to those sorts of situations and what is coming into their library. So they're able to do that. It's a real skill. Yep. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Not as, mm-hmm. as opposed to just how many copies of this bestseller are we going to get Right, kind of thing. Yep. Well, and I will say that there are days that I would much rather work in a bookstore because the abuse that occurs among elementary library patrons is high to very high. So mm-hmm. there are days where I think I would much rather know that this is going with you away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and it's, I think, I don't know, because I'm not a librarian, but I do know that librarians have to wear different hats than they probably did even five years ago from the sense of just the social, the social elements of serving patrons from, you know, serving the homeless communities within their, you know, the cities that they serve, you know, sometimes having to be mental health experts on the fly with, you know, patrons that come through the door. So, like I said, it's so much more than just the books on the yeah. shelves. And I think that that it's things that they have to deal with that they maybe were never trained on, but they still do an amazing job. But that's a whole different level of stress that I don't think they originally signed up for. So I always try to, I mean, I'm always nice to my librarians, <laughs> but I always try to just have an even more yes empathic approach because I know that they're dealing with a lot of things that are not in their written job description on a yes. day-to-day basis. So so true yeah. for so many people right now that are working their job and then taking on a totally new role or a new facet of their mm-hmm. professional life because of the conditions of the pandemic. The world. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. the world. What are you reading now? Ooh, I am I like to reread books. Oh, okay. And it's usually because I can't either I can't decide what I want to read next. Or I'm too cheap to use an audiobook credit, or <laughs> I'm waiting for something to come in. So those are usually why. So I am I am listening to The Art of Fielding. Oh, by Ooh. Chad Har. I'll look it up. I'll I'll put it. Yeah, you look it up so that we Harbach. Are sure to have Chad it. Chad Harbach. Okay. And so I read it right when it came out. It probably came out like ten years ago, and I read it in print. But now I'm listening to it, and he's a Wisconsin author, and it takes place in Wisconsin. So that's kind of fun. And then I'm going to pick up. Black Cake oh. by Charlene 
I don't have it here because that's how, where I was that's reading okay. it earlier. I'll, so I'm going to start that. That um, sounds perfect. That just came out. And then I don't know what I'm going to read next. I feel like I feel pressure not to reread because of the number of books that come out. Mm-hmm. But I did see on your Instagram that Tell the Wolves I'm Home was one of mm-hmm. your favorites. And that is that was inspiring me to go back and reread that book. Because I think what that one left me with was such a feel. Mm-hmm. And that would be one to revisit. So you've inspired me. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I like rereading. Um, usually there's a couple years in between when I will. And it's typically I'll do it in a different format. So like if I read The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise, which yes. is one of my favorite oh. middle grade books ever. I read it and loved it. And then a couple years later, I listened to it and then just loved it all over again. That's a really smart tip to switch formats. I never mm-hmm. thought of doing that. And that makes total sense because then it doesn't feel stale or you eliminate right. just, that it, danger. Yeah, it's a different experience. And then, yeah. and then if you preferred one format over the other, that's fine. Yes. And You're allowed you to, get have to have opinions. Right. You can have, have both of those experiences. So yeah. I Excellent. Like read. Okay. Well, I would love your best reading advice. I know you're a, the queen of 10 minute mm-hmm. chunks of reading. So give me your best reading advice as we're winding down here. That would be my best piece of reading. Always have a book. I always have, have a book going. Okay. So I do build in little 10 minute chunks of time and every like twice a year, I'll track it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it always is shocking to me when I look at the numbers and it's something like you read for 64 hours in two weeks, because that's like days. That's, that's days. But when you break it up, if yes. I'm reading 10 minutes in the school pickup line, or if I'm listening to an audiobook for 30 minutes when I'm preparing dinner, or if I do get up early and read, okay, you know, before I start my, my work day. Or if it's an audiobook or a book just on the treadmill, 15 minutes, I, I mean, I have four kids, so I'm always at the doctor, dentist, eye doctor. Sure. So it's 10, 15 minutes here or there. So those 20 minute chunks of time really add up. And then the other biggest piece of advice that I don't take, I don't take this, my own advice as often as I should is just leave your phone in another room, mm. leave your phone in another room because it's, it is, it's like super distracting. Like mine's right here. And I just want to go, Ooh, no, just leave it, just leave it. And you will get so much more reading done, but yeah, just always have a book with you. Like yeah, slip it in your purse, bring it in the car because all those little chunks of time, they add up. And then, I mean, obviously on the weekends, I'm in at night, I have longer periods where I can read for an entire hour if I want to, but that's my biggest advice is I always have a book going and then at least kind of think about maybe what you want to read next so that you're not stuck in that, that holding pattern. But it all adds up 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. So you're so right. And for those of us that advice. tend to be all or nothing, that mm-hmm. is a good thing to think about, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm just going to read for 10 minutes. And yeah. it's so true. Moms and especially a mom with four. I mean, how much of our lives do we spend in parking all lots? The time. <laughs> all the time. I will say though, typically... When I'm listening to an audiobook, I listen with one earbud in. It's usually the right one because I can mm-hmm. pause that real quick. So then I have my left one to just make sure that no one's burning the house down <laughs> or like, you know, sitting on someone until I can't breathe. So I can still be a mom and listen. Couldn't agree book, more. But, yes. But. I've even been known to keep it playing while maybe somebody's telling me about Zelda or something mm-hmm. else. And I'm like, Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Minecraft yeah. in my house. I'm like, yeah, I, I got it. You've been playing Minecraft for like five years. <laughs> I think I know everything I need to know about Steve. So we can move on. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think yeah. I got it. Oh, well, this has been so fun. I have one final question for yeah. you. What's something you're not good at that you wish you were good at? What am I not good at that I wish I was good at? I thought of a new one for me today and it was swimming. I'm just not very patient. That's just, I mean, that's just mm. a big, a big, I don't, I've never had a very big bandwidth with, with patience. So I am, I'm working on that. Okay. Just wishing trying you were to more count, patient. Wishing I was more patient in all facets, all facets of life. I'm trying to count to 10 before I, <laughs> before I react. And <laughs> sometimes I get to seven, sometimes I get to three, sometimes I get to 10. So I figured we're all a work in progress and at least I'm aware of it. Right. I mean, oh, right. A million percent. Yes. You know what yes. we're not good at. Um, well, and everything has a shadow side, right? So mm-hmm. like you're saying, you're maybe impatient, which the shadow side would be quick or reactive mm-hmm. kind of things. But also you clearly have a lot of drive and mm-hmm. you get things done. So there's, when I'm feeling bad about my weak spots, I'm like, but wait, wait. it's what there's makes two me sides really of every good coin. this. <laughs> right. That's and true. Yeah. My children really appreciate that too. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. the many, the many facets of me. Yep. No, I'm Never kidding. Boring. They don't. Never boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> My okay. kids will know too. They're like, oh, are you hungry? They always oh, think yes. it's because I'm hungry. And I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. I'm just generally annoyed right now. Like, just give me five minutes and then I'll come back and I won't be as, as, as Oh, it's so, so true. I know. Um, with every passing year, I'm feeling more, more understanding of Kathy Bates in mm-hmm. fried green tomatoes mm-hmm. when she slams mm-hmm. into that car over mm-hmm. and over. I'm like, mm-hmm. now I can see, mm-hmm. right? Whereas when you watch it when you were younger, it's just like, what a psycho. And now I think, oh yeah, that, that's that reaction is not, <laughs> not acceptable. Oh, I don't know. Some days, <laughs> some days. Well, here's hoping that the rest of our days are very calm and that you make it to 10 every time. Every time. This has been such a pleasure. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks, Julie. It was fun. Spending time with me. This has been great. So I will be following along on Instagram and I will will post everything to the show notes in case people want to follow along with you. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. <laughs>